Good morning, my family. New beginnings. How y'all doing this morning? Why don't we stand? We prepare our hearts for worship. Just uh, a little bit different this morning. We'll be getting some announcements in just a little bit, but we're gonna begin with some worship. That's okay. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's just pray right quick. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, prepare our hearts for this moment with you, Lord. We welcome those. Don't forget, Lord, about those that are at home this morning, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Receive our worship and our praise, Lord, and our thanks. time of worship. In your name we pray. Make us together to hear one, Lord. We worship your name, Lord. All deserving of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Come on, church. Let's sing some songs together.
angels are. He is a friend of mine, and he is always by my side. You know, um, there's this book in the Bible called Amos, and I, I know that a lot of people don't really know about it. It's a, you know, five, six chapters, and that's it. But during the time of Amos, Judah looked like it was a great country. They were doing all the right things. They had the temple. They were, they were having their sacrifices. They were having their feasts. But the Lord said through Amos, I don't want your sacrifices. And I don't want your feasts when you don't mean what they're supposed to mean. When your praise isn't really praise and you're just going through the steps, that's not what I want. I want my people to praise me because I am the God of angels' armies and I have been by your side. So in this morning, church, would you just not sing the song because that's what you do on Sunday, but would you lift up your praise because your God deserves praise because he is worthy and because you need him
more. You know the need that you have. I'm going to sing it. And that's going to be the prayer for your need. Come on, I need you more. Come on. When you speak, when you move 
Yeah, give him praise and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. That's why we came in here today, Lord, to hear from you. God, we want to hear you, that you want to touch and heal lives today, that you want to restore families and individuals today, that you want to make all things passed away and all things new, that, Lord, you want to do that only the things you can do. Man could do a lot of things, but God, we're not trusting man. We're putting our trust in you. We're believing, Father God, that you're going to raise up people that have been given a death sentence. They were told they have cancer. They're not, they're not going to make it. They have an aggressive form of an illness. But Father God, we believe that you could heal even the most, most serious issue. God, we're believing that you're going to just touch those that are battling COVID. You're going to touch those that are battling heart and, and just a kidney disease. And Father God, we're believing that you're going to touch those who suffer from fibromyalgia and you're going to remove their pain and their suffering. And Father God, those that deal with mental anguish and mental illness, touch and heal their minds and just comfort them. Father God, we're believing that, Lord, you're going to just bring back our son or our daughter back to you and that Lord they're going to come to serve you all the days of their life we're believing Father you're going to visit the incarcerated and minister to them you're going to visit those in the hospital bed and raise them up we're believing that you're going to touch every single family that's watching online whether they're here in this city or in another city or another country or another state Lord I pray that you visit all of those online and let them know that they're very much a part of your presence and just the way that you're filling this place and our body, mind, and soul with your presence. Father, fill their body, mind, and soul there online. Allow them to know that, Lord, you are God. Father God, I pray a move of your spirit to bring reconciliation in families and relationships. Reconciliation with those that, Lord, are, are far from you that they come to surrender to you. Father God, I pray for those that, Lord, are, are traveling or will be traveling. Protect them and shield them and watch over them. Father, thank you for our country, a country that is free to worship, a country that can lift up the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for our president and vice president and that, Lord, they have a radical, radical encounter with you. The day, that, the, the same way that Saul of Tarshish did, Lord, you transformed him and turned him into Paul. I pray that, Lord, they have a radical move of God with you. Lord, I pray the same for our governor and all our state and representatives and state senators, Lord. Lord, they're going into session and they're trying to figure out how to use this surplus of money that we got in the COVID moment. I pray that, God, they have wisdom to not spend it foolishly that Lord our state will be blessed because of their decisions Lord I pray for a radical encounter with you for our mayor and our city councilors and county commissioners Father God I just pray that Lord you impact them with 
your spirit. Father, I pray for our school teachers and everyone in the education department, for students, parents, families, those support workers, that, Father God, you be with not only APS, but every single school that serves in our city, county, and state. Father, we pray for hospital workers and first responders. Keep them safe. Keep them free from not only COVID, but any other infectious diseases that they deal with. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. We pray for our military, Lord. Watch over them and their families. Bring unity. Father, I pray, Lord, for those that are incarcerated and their families, that, Lord, you would bring transformation. Lord, we love you. We pray for all these things and many, many more. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and God's people said amen. Sing it out again. Would you sing it out again? Just thank God for what he's doing. Thank God for what he's doing. online. Let us have that encounter with you, God. Oh, change what we see and let us see Jesus. Praise your name, Lord. Thank you, Father. We're going into communion. Would you quietly be seated? If you need elements, our ushers will get them to you. Start preparing, take off the cellophane to the, the bread, and then you peel back for the juice. We're celebrating what God has done. Every time we take communion, we're celebrating what he's done. We celebrate that he died for us. It saddens us, but it also gives us great joy because we have eternal life now. We have the freedom of sin. We have wholeness in our life. So God, as we hold this bread, we are so grateful for your love for us that you would demonstrate it by sending your only begotten son to die for our life. Father, forgive us of our sins and renew our faith. In the night that the Lord was betrayed, he took the bread and broke it and gave thanks and he gave it to the disciples saying, take this all of you and eat it for this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You may eat the bread. He likewise took the cup 
he gave thanks and he said, take this all of you and drink it for this is my blood, blood of the new covenant and I won't drink from it again until I come. He sealed his promise of coming back for his people with his blood. His blood cleanses us, his, his blood heals us, his blood restores us. If you have sickness in your life, ask for God's healing and restoration. We're praying for Kathy Tate, who was taken to the hospital this morning. The good news is she does not have a heart attack after all they thought she did, but she's in the hospital right now, and we love Kathy. And there's a young teenager in our church who was just diagnosed with muscular sclerosis. God, we're believing you're going to bring healing to their bodies and you're going to bring healing, Father God, to ours. Because we hold the blood of Jesus in our hands, which seals your promises in our life. And healing and restoration is one of them. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. For all that you do. want to see Jesus, want to see Jesus, give him praise and just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. For all of you at home, we love you more than us. Jesus loves you. We just pray that you experience the same thing we are here, his holy presence. Amen. Thank you. They explain to you how you could give our tithing, we drop them off. We have boxes, a giving box at every doorway, or you can text to give or tithe through uh, the app or online. And thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness. Guys, I just want to remind you of some announcements. 
today after this service, we have child dedication service. If you have come uh, to dedicate your child, make sure immediately after service we have a small class and you'll be going right through that doorway. Uh, also want to let you know that this Saturday is our men's breakfast. Once a month we get together, we cook up an amazing meal, and uh, we have the Word of God and inspire and encourage each other. It starts at 7.30 in the morning. It's when they start cooking. Bring your own fixings, and then they'll cook it up. And if you don't have anything to bring, just bring yourself and uh, bring a friend with you. It's a great time of just encouraging one another in the Word and with fellowship. also want to let you know that on Friday, not this Friday, but the 21st, we have our food distribution and we always need a team of people. If you guys could be here, that would greatly be appreciated to help us to distribute all that food. Uh, we have about 15,000 pounds of food that we give out. It's absolutely free, but we definitely need a team of people to come and be a part of that. We hope that you could do that. Also want to let you know, at the end of the month, the last Friday of this month, the 28th, uh, there's going to be a Men of Honor rally. Uh, many of you men have made it in the past. It's going to be a really awesome one. If you're a sportsman, hunter, fisherman, outdoorsman, uh, the guy that's going to be speaking is a very famous outdoorsman, and he's a, a scout. He's going to be uh, sharing and uh, correlating how hunting and fishing and, and, and just being out in the, in the beauty of nature is, is really amazing how you can connect it with God and it's going to be a great time. It's going to be held this time over at New Covenant Church. That is on Paseo del Norte. And uh, it's really going to be a great gathering. I hope you guys can make it. The following day, we're going to have a rummage sale. So another person's junk is someone else's treasure. So come to the treasure chest. And that way, see what you might find. If you want to get rid of something from your house... Please get rid of something that's usable, not something that's all broken or all trashed out. If you're going to bring clothing, make sure you bring it clean. And, uh, and if you want to donate it, you need to bring it the last week of the month. Don't, don't start now. We don't have a lot of storage space. But uh, if you could do that, that would really be outstanding. It's going to be for the youth. They're, they're going to be going to San Antonio for a large convention this summer. And uh, they're starting to raise money for that. Alrighty, guys, let's get into the Word. I started a sermon series last week called Empowered by Vision. And I just want to say thank you because I got a lot of response and a lot of really positive response, and I'm hoping and praying that today is going to be no different. I got a, a couple of emails, and one from this one person in particular that said, Pastor I really want to thank you so much for being there for us week after week, bringing the Word of God, and especially for all of us that are at home watching online. She went on to say, you know what, I, I can't get out right now. I'm actually, uh, I'm not well, but I, I'm, I'm really kind of nervous with the pandemic, and I just, I'm just not healthy enough to be in large crowds, and I love that we have the Word of God coming into our home every single week after week after week, Sunday and Wednesday after Sunday and Wednesday. So would you guys give it up for our AV team, our audio-visual team? They do an amazing job. 
we, we never really think about them unless something goes wrong. If the sound gets weird and goes, we all get with the program, you know. Or if they don't change the words fast enough for you, it's like, oh, come on. Or just whatever. But, man, they do this. They do an amazing job, and they do it for free. They don't get paid for it. They come and spend hour after hour. So, guys, we love you. We thank you. And all of you at home, give them a hands up and give them a thumbs up. Cheer for them from your place at home. Uh, we've got people around this city and people literally from around the world that watch, and, and it's really awesome. Our online uh, audience has grown. Our online church um, has grown significantly during the pandemic. There's literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds that watch every week online, and uh, it's really a joy to know that they're there, and we love you and haven't thought, forgot about you, and you're very much a part of this service just as much as everyone in here. Guys, I really believe with all my heart that at the beginning of the year, we start thinking of new beginnings. We start thinking of a new start. We start thinking of something fresh to have. And, and we start thinking of, of what we're going to be able to get and how we're going to be able to get there. And, and we say, Lord, thank you for what you've done and how you've done this. And so it's really wonderful uh, that we're able to do those things. Can someone assist them find a, a chair? That'd be wonderful. Uh, but But we need to understand what we're doing and how we do these things. We're, it's, it's real important that we, we're able to understand that at the beginning of the year, we think of a new start because we have a brand new year ahead of us. We have 365 days. We're already in the day number nine. So if you haven't started your diet yet, you know what? It's, it, you're already nine days into the year. It's okay. Today's your day of starting new. I want to talk about new beginnings. And I want to talk about not the church new beginnings, but our new beginnings and our new beginnings with the Lord and our new beginnings start now. They start right here, right now, at this very moment or right there where you are. No matter where you are, your new beginning starts now. In the book of Zechariah chapter 10 verse 6, it says, I will strengthen Judah and save Israel. I will restore them. I'll give you, I'll give them a new beginning. I'll give them a new start. I'll give them a fresh start because of my compassion. I will be as though I had never rejected them. It's going to be as if you were never separated by God because of your sin. He's going to restore you. For I am the Lord your God who will hear your cries. In the book of Hosea chapter 14 verse 5, it says, I will be. He goes, I will be to Israel like a refreshing dew from heaven. Literally refreshing is, it's, it's, it's in the Hebrew, it's literally saying like a new start, a new fresh start, a new beginning. It's going to be new. Israel will blossom like the lily. It will send roots deep into the soil like the cedars of Lebanon. Isn't that amazing to know and, and to have that hope, to have that promise? And in the book of Psalms 145, verse 14, it says, The Lord helps the fallen and lifts those, lifts those, hear me, bent beneath their loads. Man, some of us are walking like this. We're just bent down and broken because of the load of burdens of just 
problems, of sickness, of worry, of fear, and, and we're just overloaded. So I'm saying God wants to give you a new beginning, and your new beginning starts today, it starts now. And there's some steps we have to take to get there. We have steps to these new beginnings. And the first thing we need to do is stop making excuses for not beginning. Quit making excuses for not starting. We make all kinds of excuses. One excuse is, is I don't have what it takes. I really don't have what it takes. I'm, I'm just not that smart. I'm not that, I, I, I don't like standing in front of people. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Thank God none of you guys have excuses. First service, they have excuses. Yeah. See, we all have excuses. In, in the book of Judges, there's a young man named Gideon. And Gideon loved the Lord. And God had called him to go fight the enemy, the, the Midianites. And, and, and so this is what he says. But Lord... Right away, but Lord, every time you start off, but, 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 you, you hear the excuse coming. But Lord, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. There were 12 tribes and he's going, we're, we're the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh and I am the least in my entire family. I'm the runt of the family. I'm, I'm the one that no one even believes in. I'm the one that no one even really stands with. He says, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. Let me tell you something. You and God are a majority. When you have God in your life and on your side, you're already a majority. He goes, I'll be with you and you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against one man. Don't you understand? Quit thinking you can't step up, that God can't use you. God can use any and every available one. He wants to use you. Somebody sent me a meme this morning, and it said, quit waiting on the Lord. If you wait on the Lord, instead of waiting on the Lord, start serving the Lord. I go, ooh, that'll preach. Because you know what? The minute you start serving, man, things will happen. God opens doors. Another excuse people use is I've failed in the past. How many of you have failed in the past? Yeah, see, that's not a dumb question. Everyone has failed in the past, right? Some of us have failed just this morning getting here. Right? Man, the devil shows up Sunday mornings. There's tension in the house. The kids are acting up. Mom gets all the kids dressed, and now she's trying to get dressed. By the time she's dressed, they're all dirty. <laughs> Dad included. It's like, what happened? Hurry up, get in the car. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Hurry, we're going to go praise God. Whoa. We fail, we fail, we fail. Everyone has failed. Oh, God can't use me. You don't even understand what I've done. I might not understand what you've done, but God does. And he uses broken vessels, amen? He takes broken vessels and makes us whole again, and he uses us for his glory. Look what he says right there in Isaiah chapter 46, I mean 43, verse 18 and 19. But forget all that. 
Is it nothing compared to what I'm going to do? And then look what he says. For I am about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Man, God's going to do a work. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 28, verse 13, he says, people who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Man, God gives us mercy, gives us forgiveness for our past. All we have to do is tell the Lord, Lord, I blew it, man. I blew it. I sinned. I failed. Lord, please forgive me. Make me whole because I do not want to be all messed up like I was. Give me that new beginning. Another excuse we make is, well, there's things I can't control. I I just can't control and I can't get started unless I can control everything. You can't control anything. Well, maybe a few things, but you can't control the weather. The weatherman goes, and tomorrow we'll have a beautiful day, and there's a storm. We live in New Mexico. Wait 30 minutes, and it'll change. Right? It's snowing one day, and the next day we're in shorts and T-shirts. Like, man, this is crazy. It's New Mexico. We cannot... Look, there's only a few things you can control. You can control your attitude. Some of you have a sorry attitude. You have control of it. Uh, People make me this way. No, they didn't. You make yourself that way. You could choose to be bitter or better. So get better. Because you're really good at being bitter. You need to change your attitude. You could also control your reaction, how you respond. You have control of that. You make me like this. No, no, no. You... You got upset. There's people that upset me, but I don't go and punch them in the face. I go, no, hand, don't punch them in the face. Please let me punch them in the face. No, you can't. (laughs) Open up your fist. I don't want to open my fist. Open it up. Okay. I have control. You see where I'm coming from? We also have control how much we're going to trust God. We have control. Am I going to trust God or not? I don't even believe in God. I hate God. If you don't believe in him, how can you hate something you don't believe in? Hello? Are you with me? See, we make excuses. Look what it says in Hebrews chapter 24, verse 10. I'm not Hebrews, a proverb. Proverbs 24, 10. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Some of you collapse over the, any little thing. The wait at the restaurant is 45 minutes. Oh, my God. I can't believe that. I can't believe that. Let's go to another restaurant. You go to another restaurant, the wait here is 30 minutes. You go to another restaurant, the wait here is 20 minutes. Now you spend 45 minutes, and you finally get in line, and you got to wait 15, so you end up spent an hour where if you would have stayed there, they might have even called you sooner than 45 minutes. See, we get crazy. We're weird. We're weird. Another excuse we come up with is, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. Hey, you want to volunteer? I don't know what the future holds. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm, I don't know if I could really help because, see, if the Raiders win, they're going to be in the playoffs, so I don't know. If the Chargers win, they're going to be in the playoffs, so I don't know. Dallas won, we are in the playoffs. All right, yeah, see. But see, we get weird. We're weird. I can't control that guy. You can't control anything. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4, it says, farmers who wait for perfect weather will never plant. And if you watch every cloud, you'll never harvest. Look, gardening is a lot of fun, but it's also a lot of work. You got to weed it. You got to seed it. You got to feed it. And then you got to weed it, and you got to seed it, and you feed it, and then finally you get to eat it. But if you ignore it, the weeds will get in there and chew everything up and choke it and forget it. You don't have anything good. You see, we can't just sit and wait. So start now. Start now. Another thing we need to do is we need to take stock in what we have. In other words, you need to take an inventory of your life. You need to see what is it that you have. What are your assets? What are your giftings? What is your training? What you have to offer? What is it that you have in your life? Because all of us have something. Some people are jack of all trade and a master of many. And some aren't even a jack. <laughs> They, 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 but they do have that one thing. That might be the only thing. I've shared the story before. When my wife and I got married, she only knew how to make two things, French toast or scrambled eggs. So one night we would eat French toast. The next night we would have scrambled eggs. The next night we would eat French toast and scrambled eggs. The next time, we would have scrambled eggs and French toast. Then we'd eat egg sandwiches. Now, see, you all think I'm joking. But you know what? Scrambled eggs and French toast can fatten you up. (laughs) See, she was really good at what she knew. But there was many other things that she was amazing at. See, we get hooked on this thing. I'm not as good as that. I'm not as good as that. I'm not as good as that. But you're as good as you. In Colossians 2.10, it says, so you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Then ask, what have I learned? Look, there's two kinds of people in the world. Those that live and learn... They literally learn through life, and those that just live, they do the same dumb thing over and over and over, and you go, hi, those poor guys, I wonder when they're ever going to get it. When are they going to get it? And it's like they keep causing pain to themselves. Find out what you've learned. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 says, have you experienced so much for nothing? In other words, haven't you learned something? Surely it was not in vain, was it? 
Well, for some people it is because they don't learn. But for those that have experienced much and you've learned, let me tell you, God's going to put those kind of people right in front of you. If, if you were an alcoholic and you haven't drank anymore and you don't drink anymore and you're free, guess what? He's going to put alcoholics right in front of you. And you're going to go, really, God? Do I have to tell him I was a wino dino and a dingbat? And he goes, yes. Because this world is filled with wino dinos and dingbats. Help them. If you had a marriage that almost fell apart or your marriage did fall apart, he's going to put people in front of you that their marriage is about to fall apart or it fell apart. Minister to them. Minister to the things that you have learned and the things that you learned, share them. 2 Timothy 3.14 says, but you must remain faithful to the things that you have been taught. You know they are true. He goes, for you know you can trust those who taught you. So help them learn. And then the next question you ought to ask is, well, who can I help? The ones that are in front of you. The ones that need it. The ones that really need it. It's like we've got to reach out to people that are broken and hurting. Look, some people go, what kind of God do we have that he would allow the kind of craziness in our world? Albuquerque had 117, or I don't even know, I lost count of how many homicides we had last year. It's like, what, what kind of God is that? He's the kind of God that created this world and we messed it all up. And he's reached us and he's now relying on us to change the world. He goes, I do have a presence there. It's all of you. So go and change Albuquerque. Go and change Bernalillo County. Go and change the state of New Mexico. Live it out so that people could come to know me and they'll be transformed and you will have a glorious, glorious community. It's up to us. See, we make our own plans, but God, look what it says. Proverbs fifteen twenty two: Plans go wrong for lack of advice, but many advisors bring success. Just make sure you're getting advice from godly people that have had success. Look, I don't mean to be, I'm not saying this in a critical manner, please. But if you know someone that's already been married five times and they ended in divorce, every single one, not that they were widowed or widowers, but they just kept making the same dumb mistake over and over, don't ask them for marital advice. Because they're going to tell you how to fail. You see where I'm coming from? I'm saying, go to people that are going to give you success. And the next thing we need to do, if we're really going to have a new beginning, we need to act in faith. We need to step out in faith. We need to believe God's word and then step out and believe what he said is going to happen. And we're going to believe it and we're going to trust him and we're going to say, thank you, Lord. Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 says, Then he touched their eyes and said, Because of your faith, it will happen. we got to have faith. And you go, well, I don't have any faith. Ooh, I have hardly any faith. Matter of fact, my faith is so tiny. You know what he says? All it has to do is have enough faith like a mustard seed. Just that tiny little bit, it'll work. Just trust me. Just trust me. You remember Moses? They left Egypt, they get to the Red Sea, 
And he's like, now what do I do? He goes, go forward. Uh, Lord, didn't you see the sea in front of me? Step out. Lord, it's uh, water. We, we, we don't have any boats with us. Step out. Lord, some of these people don't know how to swim. Step out. He barely steps out, and the water goes, and parted. We have to take the step of faith. We have to take the step of faith. When we take the step of faith, God does supernatural things. Look what it says in Proverbs 16, verse 9. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Look, invite God in the onset of your planning. Because you know what he'll do? Sometimes he'll go, man, that's an amazing plan. That's my plan because I burned it into your heart. Now go do it. And other times he goes, wait, wait, wait. You thought that was a good plan? Look, look, look. Let me show you what I'm going to do instead. I'm going to send you on a detour, but that detour is going to be a blessing, and it's going to be something supernatural. Guess what? I want you to do this because you're going to find out how amazing I am. God does amazing things. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. So you've got to step out on faith. And then, not only do you need to step out on faith, if you want that new beginning, you've got to refocus your mind. We have the craziest mind. We think some weird stuff. Look, think of some of the things that you did. And what's the first thing once you did it? You go, ay, tonto, tonto, tonto. What was I thinking? And the Holy Spirit says, you weren't. Right? I mean, we do some really dumb stuff. It's like, when are we going to get it? We do it over and over and over and over and over. It's like, hello, stop and change your direction. Change the way you think. I always go to the movie Back to the Future. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. But McFly, hello, McFly, refocus. Oh, my gosh. We are like, we're just dumb people. Ephesians chapter 4 says it this way, verse 23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Man, let him give you the change of mind. Let him give you the change of heart. So in other words, start listening more to God's word than the world. Listen to God. God is speaking. Look what it says in in Psalm 1 Verses 1 through 3. He says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked, of the world, or stand around the sinners, or join in the mockers. And then he goes on to say, But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. And they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit, each season their leaves never wither and they and they prosper in all that they do verse 1 is a whole sermon just in verse 1 he goes oh the joys the ones that do not walk in the path of the wicked they don't walk 
In other words, what are you doing even walking by there? Some of you are walking in areas that you have no business walking there. You're walking in an area that is danger. It is going to take you down. Quit, but I need, my, I need to lead my friends to the Lord. Yes, you do, but you're not strong enough yet. We just read the scripture earlier. If, if you get all under pressure with little, you don't have enough strength. So quit walking. It says you walk in the path of the wicked. And then it says you stand. You stand among the sinners. We go from walking and go by. I wonder what they're doing. Oh, mira, I wonder what they're doing. What are they doing? And then we stand. And you start listening. And then it says, then you join them. You sit with them. You go from walking to standing to now you're sitting right with them and you're ready to die. Renew your mind. Listen to God's word instead of these crazy reasoning and think about what we think about. I don't mean meditate on it, but think about what you think about. What is it that you're thinking about? What is it the way that you're thinking? Because you need to think about that and say, do I really want to think that way? I got some crazy thinking. I got stinking thinking. I'm all messed up in my thinking. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why do I think this way? I need to change my thinking because all I do is think about it. Look, some of you, it's like you need to start trusting God and trusting your husband or your wife. What are you doing? I'm at work. Well, what are you doing? Well, I'm on top of the roof. I'm a roofer. Well, my hands are busy. Who are they busy on? Oh my gosh, I'm on the roof. I'm holding onto the roof with one hand and trying to carry a load of, of, of shingles with the other. My gosh, I'm going to fall off the roof. Whose arms are you going to fall into? Oh my gosh. Change your thinking. What's wrong with us? Oh my gosh. Trust, trust, trust. Help us, Lord. That's why in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, he says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Another thing we need to start doing, if we're really going to start that new beginning, if we're going to start that new change, we need to trust God that God knows what he's doing. See, we don't really think he knows what he's doing. I mean, we do kind of, sort of, but not really. Because you know what we say? God, God, hey, didn't you notice? God, my son's all dumb. Look at my daughter. She's a mess. Lord, did you not notice my parents? They're, they need you, God. God, look at my neighbors. Look at the people I work with. Look, 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 look. God knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. God is working in areas you don't even have a clue he's working in. God is speaking to them. God is trust. He is really doing. Look what it says, Jeremiah 18, verse 4. It says, but the jar he was working, that he was making, rather, did not turn out as he hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Now, it's not that God messed up. 
See, he's the potter, we're the clay. You and I have feet of clay. Every step we take, he's molding us new. And we need to understand, it's not that he made... See, we're made in his image. God made you, but we end up the vagamundos. We get... we get. What's vagamundo in English? We stray. We stray. We're out there vagabonds, wandering. And we're out there where we're not supposed to be. And God says, it's not that God messed up. God made you for success. God created you in his image to make a complete radical turnaround and he wants to radically turn your life around. But we don't get it. We don't get it. So instead of getting it, God says, I, Richard, I created you with a great purpose and there you are acting like an idiot. Oh, so he goes, I, this clay... Well, that's what it says. It says, he crushed it into a lump of clay. So he goes, look, look, look up. Let's start over. And the Bible says, until you're broken, we don't allow ourselves to really be molded. Amen? And God wants us to start over. In Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 5 and 6, he says, then the Lord gave this message. So he just squished it. And he started over, and he says, Oh, Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to this clay? As the clay is in this potter's hands, so are you in my hands. God wants to do a work. He wants to start over. He wants to give you a new beginning. And your new beginning starts now. It starts right here, right now. And if you've never surrendered to Christ and you want to do that, I hope you would. To say, God, I want my new beginning. I want to surrender to you. And if any of you want to do that, just say, Pastor, that's me. Raise your hand and say, man, that's me. That's me. I need a new beginning. Amen, amen, amen. Anyone else? It's hard to see sometimes. People don't understand these lights are like blinding. That's why when you get pulled over by the cops, they always put the spotlight on you so you can't see. Yes, I've been pulled over by the cops before. But that was before I was a Christian. Now they pull me over to go, you're such a good driver. Keep up the good work. But hear me. 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person, a new creation. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. For those of you that raised your hand, man, I, we want to celebrate with you. That's why people were clapping. You've made the greatest decision of your life. I want to pray with you. If, if you prayed to receive Christ, just stand up real quick. We're going to pray with you. And church, would you all just say this prayer with them? Say, Heavenly Father, today, right now, I want my new beginning. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and my Lord. And from this day on, 
I want to live for him. Amen. Hey, come up here so I could just give you a hug and thank God for what he's doing in your life. Pastor Eddie's over here. He's the guy with a big old, real cool goatee. I'm still a little boy. I have a little goatee. Praise God. Praise God. Now listen, we need to make some decisions for us now. We need to make a decision. Are we going to start new? Are we going to start fresh? Are we going to start brand new right here, right now? Some of you have drifted in your marriage. You're still married and you still love each other, but you don't like love each other. God wants to revive that love. Some of you have a relationship with your kids, but... It's just, hi, mom, hi, dad, hi, son, hi, daughter. But you haven't really built a relationship. You don't even talk to your siblings or you hardly do. Today, I want to invite you to say, I want a new beginning. I want a fresh start. God, renew our marriage. Renew our family. Renew me at work. I used to be the go-to guy. I used to be the go-to girl at work. They would come to me to pray for him, and now they don't even come to me because my walk has slipped. But God, today, I want to renew my walk. I want to make it good. So if you want prayer, whatever it might be, I invite you to come up. I invite you to come up to say, I want you more. More than yesterday, more than I have ever even had you. Oh, you might have been married 45 years and make it even stronger. 20 years, make it stronger. Maybe you've only been married 20 weeks, make it stronger. Whatever you're going through, whatever it is you need, I encourage you to come up and pray. To lay it down at the altar and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So would you stand to your feet? Just make it easy for people to get out. Make your way up and we're going to be praying with you.
that is truly our prayer. God, we need you more. Pour your spirit into us. Pour your spirit out to us. Father, we need you more. We're believing you, Father God, for that new beginning. We're believing you that it's starting right here, right now, at this very moment. Whether we're in this sanctuary or online, our new beginning is ours. Satan, you cannot have any part of it. Go to hell where you belong. You will not be a part of my life anymore. You will not be a part of my marriage or my home anymore. In the name of Jesus, we're believing for that move of God. And we say this in the name of Jesus Christ, that God's people shout out, Amen. Amen. Praise God. We love you, church. I pray that you go live it out to the glory of God. If any of you are doing a child dedication, I need you right over here. You're dismissed to go change the world. We love you.